0: Tune for the Theater. Come in. Welcome. I'm E. G. Marshall. Our tale is another domestic story. It's about the happy home life of a modern young family. A life, unfortunately, which is cut brutally short. Please be warned. Some of the scenes may not make you feel safe and secure, even if your door is locked and bolted. It's a story about a family man named David Farmer. Our mystery drama, Promise to Kill was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Henry Schlesser and stars Gordon Gould. It is sponsored in part by Buick Motor Division and Arnheuser-Busch Incorporated Brewers of Budweiser. I'll be back shortly with Act One. The scene is a suburban community called, appropriately, Park Pleasant. For that's exactly what it is. Pleasant and park-like. And very serene. A haven for the families of busy city executives like Dave Farmer. Dave is a lucky young man. He has a good job. He has a beautiful young wife named Connie. He has a daughter who promises to grow up looking just like her. But little Susan has plenty of time for that. She's only five years old. The day is Monday. The time is 8.15 a.m. The day is just beginning. So is the nightmare.
2: Dave, will you please hurry up? Stan's going to drive me crazy with that horn. I'm coming, I'm coming. I wish you wouldn't fly down those stairs. I'm always afraid you'll break your neck.
0: Listen, it's my neck that's the problem. I can't seem to tie my tie around it this morning.
2: (laughs) It's no wonder with Stan blowing his horn that way. What's the big hurry? It's only quarter past.
0: He's got to be in court this morning.
2: Well, that's his problem. You don't have to be at work until nine, and I insist that you have some breakfast. I really don't have time, honey. Yes, you do. Look, the eggs are all made. The toast is halfway done. No, it
0: isn't. You haven't plugged it in. Oh,
2: my. That's Susan again. She insists on pulling plugs out of the wall.
0: You better keep her away from wires and stuff. She'll electrocute herself. Anyway, here are the eggs. Hey, what's going on here? Come on in, Stan. I've been intimidated into eating breakfast. Breakfast? Listen, I've got a case to argue this morning, and this carpool was your idea. It's okay. I'm all ready. That didn't take long. You didn't even taste those eggs. They were great. Terrific. I am sorry to rush him
1: out so early, Connie. Daddy! Daddy!
0: Uh-oh. A new complication.
1: Where's my poo bear? That's right, my
2: darling. You told Susan you were going to bring her a poo bear last night. But I
0: did. I just got home too late to give it to her. She was already asleep. Well,
2: where is it, Daddy?
0: Wait a sec. Oh, for Pete's sake. Come on, Dave. Am I going to hang up my client for a woolly bear? I want
2: my two bears.
0: Here it is. Just as I promised. Oh, isn't he cute.
2: <laughs> Don't you love him, Susie? Oh, yes.
0: Say thank you, Daddy.
2: Thank you, Daddy.
0: Dave, will you please oh, so long, darling.
2: Uh, bye. And will you call me this afternoon?
0: Don't I always.
2: Have a good day. You too, Stan.
0: Uh, Thanks. You two have already ruined my day. (laughs) Serves you right, bachelor. Well, I'll say one thing for married life. Hasn't hurt Connie's looks. Yeah. She really looks great, doesn't she? Yeah. I've almost forgotten how pretty she is. It's the first time I've seen her in uh, more than a month. That's not my fault, pal. I told you what to do. Get yourself a date, and we'll make it a foursome one night.
1: That's
0: the trouble with being a bachelor. You, you know, you always got to scrounge around for a date. Okay, we'll make it a threesome. Mm, I'm sure you'd rather not. Three's a crowd, right? Not when two of them are married. Anyway, it's about time you made it a permanent foursome. Why don't you make up your mind which of your 55 girlfriends you want to marry? <laughs> Tried it once. I didn't like it. Well, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Yeah, that's what you say. Ah, no, no, you hit it right the first time. Just lucky, I guess. No kidding, Stan. How about going to the theater? A, uh, oh, the theater. What about it? I forgot to tell Connie to go to the box office. What for? Some tickets were left for us at the Park Pleasant Playhouse for tonight. But we have to pick them up before noon. Ah, uh, relax. We'll stop at a phone booth on the way. <laughs>
2: Dear, are you sure you want to dry those dishes? Mommy can do them.
1: I want to help.
2: Well, it's sweet of you, baby, but there are only a few.
1: Can I give Winnie the Pooh scrambled eggs? No,
2: dear. Bears don't eat eggs. What do they eat? Bears eat honey.
1: Well, I could give him. No,
2: you can't give Winnie the Pooh any honey either. I mean, bears don't eat anything this time of the year. They just sleep. Oh,
1: well, maybe
2: I'd rather put him to bed. Now that's a good idea. How long do bears have to sleep? Well, they usually sleep through the whole winter. That long?
1: Maybe Pooh Bears are different.
2: Uh, run along now, dear. Mummy has to answer the phone.
1: Maybe it's for me. Maybe so. Hello?
2: Hi, hon. It's Paula. Hi. Uh, one second. It's not for you, baby. It's your Aunt Paula. Now you go give Pooh Bear a nap. Okay. Paula, Hi.
1: How are you feeling?
2: Oh, fine. You're calling pretty early, aren't you?
1: I'm calling to give you a wonderful opportunity. If you meet me in the city before noon, I'll buy you lunch and then we can go shopping.
2: Oh, I can't today, Paul. I'm sorry. Why not? Well, Susie's home from school, for one thing. They're having one of those teachers' conferences.
1: Why can't the maid take care of her?
2: Because it's Emily's day off, and I've got a dozen things to do around the house, and at the moment, I have to answer the doorbell. Go
1: ahead. It was stopping you. Well,
2: well, do you want to hold on, or should I call you back?
1: I'll hold
2: on. Oh, hello, Burton.
0: Oh, hi, Miss Farmer.
2: What in the world time is it?
0: Oh, gee, I, I don't know. I, I don't have a watch, but, uh... Well, I I thought it was the right time. Well, you usually deliver the groceries around 10, don't you? Well, sure, usually, but I I thought, well, you know, (laughs) they'd come early today.
2: Well, all right. I suppose it doesn't make all that much difference. It,
0: It does to me, Miss Farmer. What? Um... Uh, listen. What do you what do you want me to do? I mean, sh- should I bring in the stuff right now?
1: Well, of course.
0: Uh, I mean, I, I I could leave them out on the truck for a while. Uh, no, I guess that isn't such a smart idea. I mean, you got milk and cream and stuff. They might get spoiled. Uh, well, of course they might
2: get spoiled, Vernon. What an idea! Bring them in right away. Yeah,
0: sure, I'll I'll do that, Miss Farmer. I, I I won't be long. Okay. Paula. Are you still there?
1: I'm here. What's going on? Well,
2: it's just a boy from the supermarket. Uh, Vernon, whatever his name is. Oh, yes.
1: The blonde Adonis. All muscle, including his head.
2: Well, there is certainly something wrong with his head today. He's talking so strangely. Anyway, listen, about the city. Thursday is absolutely the first day I can make Uh, it.
0: Here it is, Miss
2: Farmer. All right, Vernon. Paula, what do you think about Thursday?
1: Thursday's fine. I'll call you Wednesday just to make sure you don't chicken out. All right, Paula. Bye. So
0: long. Um, Miss Farmer. What? Uh, is it okay if I put everything here? Well, yes, of course, Vernon. Yeah. Pretty big load today. Uh, but I can handle it. I mean, I'm strong, you know. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, you want me to put the milk and stuff, uh, in the refrigerator? No, no, just leave them there. You know, it was really something that This morning, I mean... Oh, the yes. way I felt driving over here. Yes,
2: uh, it's a lovely day.
0: You know what I mean? Driving over here and knowing that... Well, uh, that I was going to see you.
2: Well, that's uh, very sweet, Vernon. Uh,
0: kept seeing your face in front of me like it was in the windshield. You know? what, Vernon, what a strange thing to say. I kept thinking about, well, about how it was going to be. And when I rang the bell and you opened the door and you saw me and... I don't know. I Here we are. I mean, <laughs> just acting like always. Like always? You know, like nothing was special. <laughs> well, I, uh,
2: never mind the rest of that stuff, Vernon. I'll empty the boxes myself.
0: Yeah. Okay, that'll be better. Well, uh, we don't have much time. I guess I gotta be back at the store around nine, nine thirty. Vernon, and...
2: what are you doing?
0: Oh, oh, you've I... got such soft I... hands, you know. Please, don't do that. Uh, listen, what about uh, her? You know, your little girl, Susie. What about her? When? Uh, where is she? School or something? Vernon, stop that. Oh, I... your skin is oh, I don't oh, no, it's like something else. It's not just my skin. It, for heaven's sake! Oh, please, uh, don't, don't tease no more, Miss Farmer. Uh, don't uh, tease. Uh, I ain't got much time. Luna, will you
2: let me go? What is the matter with you? Oh, well,
0: where do you want to uh, go? You want, you want to go upstairs? You let
2: oh, me go. 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 You let me go,
1: or I can bring the house down. No, don't, don't, Call the police! I swear, I
0: will. I now you stop that, Miss Farmer. You just stop playing games with me. Don't oh, Mrs.
1: Farmer. Now please be nice. Don't make me don't don't make me hurt you. Please, please.
0: Are you sure you dialed the right number? Positive think I don't know my own number? A lot of people don't. Connie's got to be home. We left her only half an hour ago. Maybe she's in the bath. Susie picks up the phone when she is. I'll try just once more. Now I got a wrong number.
1: Hello, who is this?
0: I was calling the Farmer residence.
1: Oh, yeah, this is the right place. Who am I
0: speaking to, please? Maybe you can answer the same question, since it's my house. Are you Mr. Mr.
1: David Farmer?
0: Yes, that's right. And who are you? This is Patrolman Ernest McLevy, Mr. Farmer. Did you say Patrolman? What was that? Listen, is there something wrong out there? Was there a fire or something? Good Lord, Dave! Uh, what... No, Mr. Farmer. It's not a fire.
1: Could you please tell me where you're calling from?
0: I'm in a phone booth on the expressway. For Pete's sake, will you tell me what you're doing in my house? Uh, let me speak to my wife.
1: I'm sorry,
0: Mr. Farmer. You can't do that. Maybe, maybe it would be best if you came back home. I'm not doing anything until you tell me what happened There's there. a little trouble. I mean, a lot of trouble. I want to know what kind. You'd better just come back here, Mr. Farmer. Your wife and kid were, were hurt very bad. Oh, Lord. Connie. Susie. How bad? What's going on, for Pete's sake? I want to know what happened. I want to know how they were hurt and how badly. I hate to tell you, Mr. Farmer. I mean, just like this over the phone. Damn you, tell me. They're dead. Most of them are dead, Mr. Farmer. It's a strange place to find yourself in the middle of a nightmare. A highway crowded with cars and trucks. The bright midwinter sun shining in your eyes. Hearing a disembodied voice telling you that everything you cared for in life is gone. Vanished in one bloody instant. One terrible moment of madness. One meaningless action. But this nightmare isn't over for Dave Farmer. Or for a young man named Vernon White. We'll be back in just a moment with Act Two. The scene changes. We are no longer in the quiet suburb of Park Pleasant. We are in a large, high-ceilinged room, flanked by American flags, solemn with the traditions of American justice. This is a courtroom. Seated in the front row is David Farmer. Beside him sits his friend Stan, his sister-in-law Paula. His face is ashen, haunted. And at the defense table... His hair neatly combed and brushed, his cheeks rosy, wearing his best blue suit, looking very much like the all-American boy, sits Vernon White, killer. Your Honor. Yes, Mr. Waterman. The defense has no objection to these photographs being submitted to the jury, but these proceedings have been delayed long enough. Very well. Is
2: the prosecution ready to proceed? Yes, Your Honor. Then please continue your examination of the witness. Yes, Your Honor.
0: Uh, Patrol McLeavy, you've seen these photographs we've shown the jury? Uh, Yes, sir. Is it an accurate representation of the scene you discovered that morning at the farmer house? Yes, sir. That's what I found. A young woman, brutally assaulted, strangled to death. Yes, sir. Evidence of a struggle. Yes, sir. A young wife and mother slain in her own kitchen, and a child, five years old, slain. Just as horrible. Your Honor, may I object to the prosecution's use of such emotional terms? I beg the defense attorney's pardon. You're quite right. One hardly needs words like brutal and horrible to describe this crime. The facts speak for themselves. Dr. McLeavy. Did you also see several boxes of groceries in that kitchen? Uh, yes, sir. About uh, four boxes. You concluded that a delivery had been made that morning? Yes, sir. The perishables hadn't been put away. And that led you to make inquiries in the neighborhood about the arrival of the grocery truck? Uh, yes, sir. We learned that the truck from the Park Pleasant supermarket had been there and left. Hmm. And you it out... The delivery boy, or should I say, the delivery man? Yes, sir. I interrogated Mr. Vernon White. See? And what did he tell you? He apologized. For what? He apologized for killing Mrs. Farber and her daughter. Dave, Dave, eat something, will you? Don't just stare at your plate. Now, come on, eat. No, I can't. David,
2: this is ridiculous. No breakfast, no lunch. What good is that going to do you?
0: No good. Oh, talks and sense on to Paula. Look at him. He's lost 10 pounds since the trial started. David, please. She was my
2: sister. Mm -hmm. I loved her. I loved Susie. But I know that I have to stay alive. I know that. And so do you.
0: Come on. Let's get back to court. Vernon? Was Mrs. Farmer alone when you walked into the kitchen? Yes. Did you attack her right away? A- a- attack her? You heard me. Did you just reach out and grab her? Well, no. Of course not. Did you try to embrace her, uh, kiss her, anything like that? Yo. No. Yeah, I guess I did, because, uh... Because what, Vernon? Well, because I thought she liked me. Because I thought she wanted me to. The defendant
2: will rise. Vernon White, you have been tried and convicted for the crime of homicide in the first degree. The laws of this state, as amended on October 5, 1974, impose a mandatory sentence for this crime. Therefore, it is my duty to instruct the warden of the state prison in Peekstown to take you to a place where you shall be kept until the 31st day of March 1976, at which time you will be hanged from the neck until dead. May God have mercy on your soul.
0: I said, who is it?
2: It's Paula. Please let me in, David. All right.
0: Well, well, will the real
2: David Farmer please
0: shave? How did you find me?
2: If you must know, Stan told me.
0: Stan has a big mouth.
2: You look terrible. You look as run-down as this hotel.
0: What did you want me to do? Stay up there in that house?
2: You could have found something better than this.
0: This suits me fine.
2: If you want to stay in a hotel for a while, fine. But the least you can do is get a decent room.
0: This isn't a hotel room, Paula. This is a waiting room. What? A waiting room. A place for me to wait for the 31st of March.
2: Oh, Dave. Dave, that's terrible. That's so senseless.
0: What else have I got to do but count the days?
2: But to do this to yourself, to hole up in this awful flea bag, staring at the calendar, thinking of nothing but that poor moron's execution.
0: He's not a moron. He's Jack Armstrong, the all-American boy. did you hear what he said in court? He thought Connie liked him, but she wanted him.
2: Dave, listen to me. Vernon White killed something very precious to me, too. Dave, I have to tell you something.
0: Tell me what?
2: What you want to happen isn't going to happen. What did you say? There isn't going to be any 31st.
0: There's always a 31st. Seven months out of the year.
2: I mean, there isn't going to be any execution. Stanley called to tell me. And I think that's why he gave me your address. So I could break the news to you instead of him.
0: What are you talking about?
2: The appeal was accepted. Because of Vernon's substandard intelligence... Oh, something like that.
0: you're lying to me.
2: Dave, they have commuted his sentence to life imprisonment. They can't do that. They can't. They did, Dave. Vernon White went through tests. He's not an imbecile and he's not insane... But he's just not smart enough to know the difference between right and wrong. They can't
0: do that. He
2: killed Connie. He killed my little girl. Good Lord, Paula. You've got to accept it, Dave. Don't let it make such a difference to you. No. Never.
0: I'll never accept it. Do you think I can go on living with him alive and breathing and walking around and smiling and and Connie and Susie dead? No. I won't let it be. Stan, admit it. Vernon isn't crazy. They would have pleaded insanity if he was. It's not a matter of sane or insane, Dave. There is such a thing as clemency. Yes, clemency for the criminals. Not for the victims. The kid's got an IQ of under eight. He was smart enough to think Connie liked him. He thought she had a crush on him. He was so used to having girls ogle him in the supermarket, juggling those crates with his big muscles. Dave, Dave, this is useless. The court has accepted the appeal. You just don't have any recourse. You're wrong. I do. Like what? I'm going to kill him, Stan. Huh? That's all I can do right now. I have to kill that animal, or I have to stop living myself. One or the other. That's how it has to be, Stan. But you, you're crazy, Dave. I don't believe you mean that. I mean every word. I'm going to kill him, and you're going to help me. But the man's in prison. People get killed in prison. There's a way to do everything if you have the desire and the money. I have both. You haven't got that kind of experience. But you have, Stan. You were in criminal law once. You must know people. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Dave. You're supposed to be my best friend. If that's what you are, prove it. Help me wipe this germ off the face of the earth. It wouldn't prove anything. It will to me. I want his life for Connie's, for Susie's. And mine. Whose life do you want to save, Stan? Vernon White's? Or mine? Oh, no, no, no. I I hope you're not talking about Sure, that's what I'm talking about. You heard what I said. I can't live if he does. I'd just as soon stick my head into an oven. You are putting me in one hell of a spot find out what I have to do, Stan.
3: Uh, Mr. Ross, this is Dave Farmer. Hello,
0: Mr. Farmer. Uh, Nice meeting you. Yes. Hello. Uh, Mr. Ross is in the, uh, transportation business. He was a client of mine a few years back. Yeah, long-distance hauling, you know. Yeah, can we get to the point? well, uh... This is the point. Mr. Ross has a brother named Joey. Yeah, Joey. Right. Yes. Well, unfortunately, a few years ago the Rosses got into a jam. Uh, we was a moving company. Uh, me and my brother. Yes. I got Mr. Ross off, but his brother wasn't that lucky. He's serving a ten-year sentence right now in Peakstown uh, Town, Town. Right. Yes. Well, Joe's a friendly guy. You know, he's made a lot of friends in prison. Yeah, Joey's okay. The point, Stan. The proposition is this. Now, Joey is a trustee at Peakstown and even though he's made some, you know, errors in his life, he he doesn't like child killers any more than we do. Now, he might want to do something about burning White. Uh, we ain't talking about favors, though. No. No, not favors. What we're talking about entails a certain amount of risk. Oh, it's only fair that we arrange some compensation. I'll pay anything. Name your price. We've already agreed on a price. Three thousand dollars. I'll make it five. Wait a minute, Dave. I'll make it five if you kill him before the thirty-first.
2: Let's see. When did you pay this plumbing bill?
0: I don't know, Paula.
2: It's marked paid, but I don't see the canceled check.
0: What does it matter?
2: It does matter, Dave. You can't let everything slide this way. Half a dozen people are threatening to sue you for this or that. And I suppose you know that you let your insurance policy lapse. You went right past the 30-day grace
0: period. What's the difference? You know why I had that policy. But it's ridiculous to let it lapse. One of these days you might Don't say that, Paula.
2: Anyway, I called your broker and arranged to have it paid. I'm surprised Stan didn't do that for you when he had the power of attorney.
0: Stan isn't a bookkeeper. He's a lawyer.
2: Still, he could have been more helpful. He knew how spaced out you were. He could have hired a girl or somebody to pay your bills, keep your accounts in order.
0: Paula, will you stop taking off on Stan? What have you got against the guy?
2: What have you got in his favor?
0: He's my best friend. He proved that.
2: Maybe. I wonder how friendly he'd be if you
0: were broke. Oh, cut it out, Paula. Oh,
2: look at this checkbook. None of the stubs filled in. And you must have spent a zillion dollars. They were expensive. I know that. But Stan sold those securities for you back in March. That meant a deposit of almost $100,000. Paula, I can't think now. Okay. But I just wanted to know that there are expenditures I can't explain
0: Hello? Dave. David, Stan. Yeah? What's happening? Dave, don't get upset about this. But something went wrong up in Peekstown. What do you mean, wrong? Oh, I don't have all the details yet. Our friend Joey up there tried to fulfill his mission this morning, but he botched it. How? How? Oh. How? Vernon isn't dead. He's hurt. He's got a knife wound, but he's alive. We had a deal, Stan. I
1: know, I know. We won't pay
0: until we get what. I don't care about the money. It's just a delay, that's all. For how long? We can't be sure. Vernon's in the prison hospital. It's a hard place to reach, Dave. But don't worry. Mr. Ross says he'll get the job done. He's got to. He's got to. And so the executioner has failed to perform his allotted task. Vernon White is alive, and not so well, in the prison hospital. But the physicians who will treat his wounds don't know that he's suffering from what might well be a terminal illness, the disease called revenge. We'll see if Dave Farmer gets that revenge in a few moments when I return with Act Three. and Susan Farmer is still alive. David Farmer is alive too if walking, talking, and breathing are signs of life. As his sister-in-law Paula sits in a restaurant table and looks at his pale features, her eyes are clouded with pity.
2: Dave, when I first met you, when Connie introduced us, I remember thinking you were sweet and kind. Maybe a little vulnerable. Vulnerable? Seeing what you wanted to see in people. Giving them nice, clean images. Even if they were more complicated than you wanted them to be.
0: I suppose you're talking about Stan.
2: No. I'm talking about Connie. Connie? You see, I had my sister for a sister much longer than you had her for a wife.
0: I never saw anything complicated about Connie.
2: It was hard to see. He had such
0: a bright, glowing surface. Paula, we were married six years. Do you think I didn't know Connie? She always wanted so much, Dave. That's what
2: worried me when she told me she was getting married. She was used to a hundred phone calls, seven dates a week, fifty men in her life at all times.
0: She was beautiful, Paula.
2: I know. She was dazzling. Maybe that's what happened to that poor delivery boy. He was dazzled out of his senses.
0: Is that why you wanted to have dinner with me? To defend that moron?
2: No, Dave. I had another reason. Well, what is it? I finished all the books last night. So? I did everything I could, Dave. I got everything to balance, practically to the penny.
0: I knew you were a great bookkeeper. The
2: only trouble is, I still can't explain some of the cash withdrawals that were made by Stan.
0: Forget them.
2: Forget? You heard me. Forget twenty five thousand dollars. Twenty-five thousand? That's right. Well now even you seem surprised.
0: Well, oh, it can't be that much, Paula. It just can't be.
2: It is. And I think you must know what that means. Twenty five
0: thousand? taken out in cash. Well, but there were expenses, Dave. You know that. I'm sorry if they weren't all itemized. Not like you, though. You were always a stickler about money. You always said you were raised poor so you had respect for the buck. (sighs) Look, Dave, I wasn't at my best at the time either. Connie meant a lot to me, too. You, You know. Dan, what happened to that money? Hey, hey, come on. What kind of a tone of voice is that? I want an answer. Oh, wait, wait. Now, are you accusing me or something? Oh, oh wait a minute. I just got it. Oh, Paula puts you up to this. Hmm? Well, Paula never liked me much. She's found the perfect way to get back at me. The money's gone. It went into somebody's pocket. And I want to know whose. I want to know if there's something you're hiding. Maybe there are some things that gotta be hid. Nothing like this. You were willing to spend five thousand dollars. That was a... different. That money had a special purpose. Now, what's the special purpose for that twenty-five grand? I wanted to spare you the truth, Dave. What truth? Well, even now, I. I don't want to tell you. I'd I'd rather you thought that I was a thief and a swindler than that I robbed you. Is that what you did? No, no, no. What I did, I did for you and for Connie. Connie? I swore to myself that you'd never learn about it. Learn about what? The money? About what the money bought. Well, go on. It went into somebody's pocket, all right. George Waterman. Vernon's defense attorney? Are you kidding me? I I had to do it, Dave. I had to, to make things easier. Well, how could they be easier? Vernon confessed. His prints were on everything. There wasn't any doubt of his guilt. Dave. Dave, the money bought a note. What note? I should have burned it the, the minute it was in my hand, but I didn't. Lord knows why. I, who knows? Maybe I was afraid that this would happen, but that I'd have to account to you for what I did. What I, note? Who wrote it? What did it say? I I have it here. It's in this drawer. Oh, I would give my right arm if you never had to see it. It's it's Connie's stationery. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, her handwriting. Yes. I have to see you. Dave leaves with the city at 8.30... I'll try to send Susie out to day school. I'll be waiting for you, darling. Please don't disappoint me. I am sorry, Dave. It's... It's her handwriting. I know. I have to see you. Dave leaves for the city. Good Lord, Steve. What does this mean? The note was sent to Vernon White. No. No, that just can't be. He he turned it over to his attorney after the arrest. Waterman didn't want to submit it into evidence before he talked to me. I, he knew it wouldn't make any difference as far as the verdict was concerned. It, well, it might even have made his client a little less pathetic. But he knew it would make a difference to us. I'm not going to believe it. I'm not. Oh, heaven help me. I didn't want to either. But it's the truth. $25,000 worth of ugly truth. Uh, 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 uh. Who is it?
1: Paula,
2: please open the door, Dave. Don't worry. I didn't bring you chicken soup, just a couple of containers of coffee.
0: Did you think I'd need sobering up?
2: You do, Dave.
0: I haven't been drinking.
2: I thought... Well, I thought you might be upset tonight. Why? Because of what happened.
0: Have you been talking to Stan? No, of course not.
2: I have nothing to say to Stan, and he vice versa. I meant about Vernon White. Do you still take your coffee, Black?
0: What about Vernon?
2: Uh, He was released from the prison hospital, but the authorities thought it would be too risky just to put him back among the same prisoners, so they transferred him. Where? Well, I guess they thought he couldn't be very dangerous after the knife wound and all that, but he must be a strong young man. Get to the point. He got away, Dave.
0: Vernon's loose. It wasn't easy, Mr. Farmer, let me tell you. But you really know something? I know everything. This kid, Vernon, is a dope. He ain't playing uh, with a full deck, you know what I mean? I know. Well, a pal of mine, he lives on East Avenue. He gives me the tip. Some kids in the neighborhood, like a gang, they do a lot of prowling around the section where they're knocking down buildings for some kind of housing project. Well, they spotted this blonde guy sleeping in one of the condemned buildings. I think maybe they rolled him, only he didn't have no money. What happened to him? Where is he now? Well, my pal, he goes to have a look at the guy and sees the kind of clothes he's wearing. He figures he busted out of the joint. Where is he? Where's Vernon White? My friend got him, like in custody. You know what I mean. Sometimes there's a reward for turning in escaped cons. He wouldn't call the police? No. My friend is not uh, exactly friendly with the cops. But uh, bread is bread, Mr. Farber. I'll pay your friend. How much does he want? A thousand? Uh, more lights like get two. And uh, then there's me. I, uh, I put in a lot of time. All right. A thousand for you, two for your friend. Only, I want one other thing. I want a gun. Vernon. Oh. Oh. Uh, hello. Do you remember me, Vernon? Uh. Mm, no, I guess I don't. Oh, uh, no, wait, you look kind of familiar. Look hard, Vernon. Mm, nope, I just don't remember. Uh. Hey, you, you, you bring me something to eat? My name is Farmer. Yeah, the man that was here before, he said he was going to bring me sandwiches or something. I sure am hungry. Vernon, doesn't the name mean anything to you? Oh, uh, well, what was it again? Farmer. David Farmer. My wife's name was Connie. My daughter was named Susan. Do you remember now? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I remember. I, I uh, saw you up at Park Pleasant and uh, in the court. I'm her husband, Vernon. The husband of the woman you murdered. The father of the child. Gee, gee uh... Um, Mr. Farmer, I'm... I'm I'm, I'm really sorry about what happened. I really am. Yes, I... Vernon. Everyone told me you were sorry. Yeah, I I, mean, I didn't mean to hurt your wife. I really didn't. And the little girl? No, yeah, I, I didn't mean to hurt either one. You I... liked them, didn't you? You liked my wife, and she liked you. Well, I, I thought she did, Mr. Farmer. She told me she did. Uh, only when I came to see her, like she asked me to, she put up this big fight. And I got all upset. About it, I, I I didn't know what I was doing anymore. A lot of the girls like you, don't they, Vernon? Yeah, <laughs> a lot of girls <laughs> at the stores. Hey, is that a real gun? Yes. Oh. Yeah. Well, well, anyway, uh, she sent me that note, and I thought she was like the girls in the store. Um, well, she said it was good looking. That's what he told me. He. Who told you? Well, he did. He, he did. Yeah, the, the man I used to see there. What uh, man? Uh, I forget his name. Uh, the lawyer. What? Yeah, he he told me that she liked me, and I'd be loading up stuff at the supermarket, and he'd drive up and say, "Hey, Burnham, Mrs. Farmer thinks you're a real good-looking kid. She'd really like to get you home." You're crazy. <laughs> Nobody told you any such thing. Yeah, he did, he did. He did. And and then he gave me this note that she wrote to me. He gave you the note this lawyer? Yeah. No. I swear, he gave me this note and it said, I want to see you. My husband's going to the city and, and I want you to come around. You're a liar. You're a liar. No, look, I, I swear it's true. Uh, he was that friend of yours, the one that you drove around with a lot. And, and he gave me the note and I went there and, and she, she didn't like me. She didn't like
1: me at all. And that's, that's when everything went wrong. <laughs> everything.
0: Come on in, Stan. Oh, thanks. Did you hear the good news? About Vernon White? Yes, I heard. Well, they'll be holding him in maximum security for a while. You can scratch any idea of getting at him, at least for the time being. It's okay, Stan. I've dropped the idea. Vernon's death doesn't mean anything to me now. Wow. I'm relieved to hear that. In fact, I was the one who turned him in. That anonymous tip to the police was mine. But how did you know where... I didn't see any reason for Vernon's death. Not after he told me about the note. Yes. I talked to him, Stan. Mr. Ross helped me find him. And we had a good, long talk. I hope you, uh... hope you didn't take him too seriously, Dave. You know the the kid's a moron. He's dim-witted. Not a moron. Dim enough to think that Connie liked him just because you said so. Dim enough to believe that note was meant for him When it was really sent to you Oh, uh, no, wait a minute I you. couldn't understand it at first Then I remembered how it was between you and Connie before I came along I had a little more to offer, so she picked me But she didn't want to give you up either Dave, now I don't know but what to urge Something you... happened, Stan Connie threw you over for some reason I remember when you stopped coming around to the house. Dave, I swear to you that... It must have hurt you pretty bad. So bad that you wanted to hurt her back. So you picked Vernon. Please, uh, please, let me say something. He told me all about it. What you used to say to him. To goad him on, get him all excited. And then you gave him that note. The note Connie once sent you. Uh, I, I didn't mean it to work out the way it did so help me, I, I didn't I I didn't know what he'd do I, I just I just wanted to teach her a lesson that's why you were willing to help me willing to let me kill that boy so he'd never give you away Dave, Dave, I didn't mean it, I didn't want it to happen, Dave but it happened he killed them, Connie and Susie you killed them. No, no, it's not, not me. I swear it wasn't. Will uh, you swear, Stan? Yes, yes. On your knees. On my knees, Dave. On my knees. I swear, it, it wasn't me. I... All right, Stan. Dave, Dave, that gun—you. It's... it's the thirty-first, Stan. Execution has taken place on the 31st of the month. In the mind of David Farmer, justice has been done. But now the executioner himself must face the bar of justice for usurping the privilege only the law can have. Only the law must have. I'll be back shortly. didn't find our little domestic tale too grim. When violence strikes close to home, it's always more upsetting. If you are disturbed, why not sit back now, have a nice warm drink, go to bed early, and take tomorrow off. Then you'll be all ready for a little more terror and suspense when we return with another episode of Radio Mystery Theater. Our cast included Gordon Gould, Earl Hammond, Russell Horton, Hetty Galen, Leslie Woods, and Roy LeMay. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by Anheuser-Busch Incorporated, Brewers of Budweiser, and Buick Motor Division. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.
3: Tonight's Mystery Theater was also brought to you in part by ShopRite Supermarkets, where you get a lot more for a little less. Mm-hmm. The preceding program was furnished by CBS Radio. Your dial is set for news with John Scott. Paris police shoot two gunmen dead after they'd held hostages all day in a bank hold-off. And President Ford's plan to bail out New York City continues to make progress in the United States Senate. It's 31 degrees in clear mid-Manhattan. The man says clear, windy, and cold tonight with a low in the middle 20s, sunny and cold tomorrow with a high in the upper 30s. This is John Scott with the 8 o'clock edition of the news. Paris police shot two gunmen dead in a street battle early today. After the men had held more than 20 hostages for 14 hours in a Paris bank, demanding $2 million in ransom. The gunman had left the bank with hostages in a getaway car provided by police and with sacks apparently containing money. A few hundred yards away, just off the Champs-Élysées, their car collided with a taxi.